This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Earners, what's up? Look, today I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind, a real weight on my shoulders. You know, we all have these moments, big or small, that just stick with us. When we don't talk about these things, then they can start to affect our lives in unexpected ways. That's why having a space to express these feelings is so important. I know firsthand the benefits of therapy. It's been transformative for my friends and family. Therapy can help you learn crucial skills like setting boundaries and developing coping strategies. It's not just about dealing with major events. It's also about enhancing your day-to-day life, allowing you to become the best version of yourself. So if you've been thinking about therapy, BetterHelp can be a great option for you. It's entirely online, which makes it super convenient and adaptable to your busy schedule. You start by filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can even switch therapists at any time if you feel the need without any additional cost. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EarnYourLeisure today to get 10% off your first month. Remember, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EarnYourLeisure. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. Earners, what's up? Look, I want to give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click, absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. So, how are you moving into different markets? Like, what are some of the challenges with that? You started where you're from, but now you're going to Texas, and you're going to, you said you're moving to Atlanta and different things, like, and then you're doing different different product types as well. Yeah. So talk about navigating that. So relationships, man, it's, it's, it's everything. I think when I was coming up in Milwaukee, one of the things that I did was just build those relationships. I was networking. I was at every event. You couldn't miss me. I was, literally, you could not miss me. I was everywhere. 
so I took that same model, but now I'm doing it on a national scale. Everything in DC, real estate-based events, I'm there. I'm not there as much now because I've been, you know, head down, but I'm in those. Atlanta-based events, I'm in that. Houston-based events, I'm in those. You know, Birmingham-based events, I'm in that. So I look for the macroeconomic trends that I like. Population growth. Um, I really like red states and blue cities because it allows for flexibility and um, getting out tenants that may not pay, right? I'm not saying evict folks. That's not what I'm here for. But at the same time, places like uh, Atlanta. Atlanta isn't as bad. Atlanta's D.C. Let's use D.C. for example. You said a red state and blue city. Yes, those are places like Atlanta I like. Like Houston, I, Houston, Atlanta. Houston, Georgia is now. Birmingham. Georgia's Birmingham. All blue states. All blue states, red cities. Yeah. I mean, I mean, sorry. traditionally, Georgia's not a blue state, though. No, no, no. I mean, blue cities, red states. I may have said it the wrong way. So Birmingham would be. Yeah. Birmingham, Birmingham Houston, Birmingham, Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta. Houston. Houston. Yeah, for sure. New Orleans. Yes. Stuff like that. Yep, yes. yep, yep. I really like blue states, red cities. Sorry. Blue cities red states yep. because the the higher level laws allow for more flexibility like a place like dc for example there were people that literally dc prior to the pandemic you can go rent an apartment never pay your rent and you don't have to get out for at least seven months because that's how long the process takes like i know people that lived in a building that i lived in that literally leased it and didn't pay rent they just lease it out every summer so they can enjoy the rooftop and they just burn up different people's things like, okay, your name this year, we all gonna live there. Your name this year, we all gonna live there. Are there any <laughs> are there any major cities that are run by Republicans? I don't think so, right? Most uh, every major city is run by Democrats. You really think about it. That's a good From question. Chicago, LA, New York, Miami, Houston. Miami's a Democrat. That um the mayor's a Democrat. I don't think there's any major city that's that that's interesting. I just thought about that. No no major city has Demo has very Republican true. control. Very Chicago true. Democrat. Yeah. Even that even if it's true. in a Republican LA. state. Yeah. San Francisco. San Francisco, same. Yeah. Philly. Yeah. And, you know, Pennsylvania goes back and forth. But those those cities, those states that have those very, like, stringent laws, like a D.C., for example, um, I, I'm, I'm not the most fond of, right? Like, during the pandemic, there were people that literally lived for over a year just because of the system. And it's like, you're not paying any rent. As a landowner that has thousands of units i don't want thousands of units in a place that i can't get people exploiting this system out in wisconsin you get somebody 30 days all right boom you go through the process atlanta even quicker than that and i'm not saying we should exploit it either mm -hmm. but from a business perspective it doesn't make sense for me to be in a place where x amount of people don't pay rent especially as i'm rising like when i get bigger of course maybe I could deal with some of that drop, but right now, no, nah, I'm focused on cities where it makes sense financially. So you moved throughout the cities. I know the HUD is involved in the Birmingham situation. There was 370 million allocated uh, yep. for for the developments. Is it a situation where you can now again go back to HUD and do the same type of proposal in a different city? Absolutely. So I have I'm a finalist for three cities right now. <laughs> yeah, I knew it, man. I knew. <laughs> I'm a finalist for three cities right now. I got a call yesterday about one. We'll talk about the cities offline. Um, yeah. So the the strategy and the game plan there is if, let's say, once a year, once every other year, I can pick up one of these, Birmingham will be further along. Mm -hmm. Now I'm starting on that. And if each one is kicking out a 1,000-plus units, you get three, four cities. I mean, 
by the time I'm 34 now, by the time I'm 42, 43, I'll have thousands of units under my belt that I've developed and really just starting to enter my prime. Yeah. From, yeah. On your financial map, does the percentage change with the amount of units, right? When you started at the 140, you had your percentage that was put in. Now you're doing 1100, but you have partners. Yes. How does that change? Great question. Yes, it did change. So each city that you go into, their housing authority that you, so all of these are public housing redevelopment. So think of Brittany Greens, um, think uh, Marcy Projects, et cetera. We're taking the projects and creating mixed income communities. Because if you think about the projects, they were low density. So it's 30 acres of land with 300 units on it. That same 30 acres could do 3000 if you really wanted to, right? But you don't want to dense, you don't want to go that dense, but that's just an example of like the, what you are going after. So because the housing authorities typically own those lands, whoever is at the housing authority, they kind of dictate the negotiation of you, like the housing authority and developer in those terms. The housing authority gets X percentage and then the developers gets Y percentage. And right now, Integral and I are splitting that percentage. Okay. But it's very favorable, like it's pretty close to um, where it should be. And the, the way we work, they come, I'm driving, but they're there every step of the way in the passenger seat. So I'm able to learn from it in their experience. They've developed, built and managed over 10,000 plus units. They've been doing this, they created the model. I'm learning from them, but I'm driving the, the, the ship at the same time. So yes, I have to share in the economics, but you know, three, $400 million deals a pop. I don't mind sharing. We can figure it out. So talk about access to capital. That's something that, you know, Don people, a lot of people have talked about. Um, what is your thoughts on access to capital as far as on the real estate development side? And what's your personal experience that's trying to get access to capital? The money on this commercial real estate side, like I said, the money is going to be there. If you got to deal to work, the money's going to flow at the end of the day. Now, the terms for the money I talked about before, that's where it gets a little tricky. I'll say in the wake of George Floyd, there was a 18 month period, maybe even a little. I mean, it's still kind of there, but it's scaling back where they were throwing money at black developers. Who Who's throwing money like BlackRock? Uh, no, that's a great question. So like the PayPal's of the world, when they was giving out all of the like, oh, I'm going to invest in black communities, primarily went to CDFIs, Community Development Financial Institution that we talked about last time. There's some national CDFIs that govern some of those funds, and they've been able to kind of distill those funds to us. So like Enterprise Community Partners, they're my equity investors on the Madison deal. They have a program called Equitable Path Forward. Their CEO just took over Fannie Mae. So that's the scale of like how big these CDFIs are. Now, um, they're one of their presidents, Lori Chapman, she created this program based upon all of that money that was coming in from the corporations that were trying to give to black dollars. And this program is specifically created to be able to, they have lines of credit for us from an operational business perspective. They have pre-development loans. So you can go out, each one of these deals you need at least a half a million, anywhere from a half a million to a million before you close. You get it all back when you finish, but you need that before you close. So when you talk about like capacity, that's one of the things too. Mm -hmm. If you have five of these deals going on at one time, you're going to need two and a half to $5 million worth of capital just to deploy to that. 
not even talking about your operations and nothing like that. So they have programs that are allowing for developers to be able to tap into those type of money that helps us grow and scale. Um, but the flip side of it is that's all the, you know, kind of feel good money that's going to flip. But to, to Don people's point, black people don't manage big pension funds at all. Right. He, he's, I've heard him talk about it on y'all's platform. At the end of the day, we're less than 1% of all of the management, black, brown women, less than 1% of all assets managed. But if, in New York, for example, with black, brown and women is over 50 percent of what's going into that pension fund. Why is it less than one percent of us managing or having access to manage those funds? What is the governance around that to say, oh, you are not capable enough to do that? That's still a really big challenge to be able to even go from someone like myself. That's a developer that's established to get into fund management and be able to allocate to either my developments or other developers in the same way that some of these traditional majority firms are doing with no problem. So that's really a challenge that I think needs to be addressed. And I'm doing I'm doing my job to do it. So reinvest is a platform that I'm creating now. It's a crowdfunding platform that democratizes commercial real estate investment. My mother can't invest, your parents can't invest unless they are accredited historically. But you've seen crowdfunding start to grow in the real estate space a little bit. So I'm doing a regulation A plus, we can raise up to 75 million. I'm gonna put a portfolio of deals together and have people invest in that and backed by the best of the best in the country that are doing it. So it's secured by those funds. I mean, by those firms and we underwrite the deals, we co-invest in the deals. It's not a, it's not like investing in a company. It's not like investing in a onesie deal. Like we are, you know, putting together sophistication in a way that the marketplace has not seen. So that's one of the ways that I'm addressing the access to capital challenge for emerging developers that are like me and coming up behind me too. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. 